Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, soaking up the sun in an inner tube with Uncle Martin Scorsese himself, it's Christy Strauss. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's great to be back and to also be hanging out with Marty on the water. Do you know the the photo I'm referencing? It's like I one do. of my favorite photos on the internet. <laughs> the Martin Scorsese hot girl summer picture. It's just yes. one of my favorite things that, that exists. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we aren't getting a, a Martin Scorsese movie this this summer, unless um, you're going the can by any chance, and I have no no knowledge of. That. I'm not. I wish I was. Um, I want to. I really am excited about that movie and seeing beyond the, you know, <laughs> same the, stills. The, the three photos that <laughs> exist of it. Yeah. I am. I am excited at least for like. There's the one photo that has like Leo in the the cowboy hat with whatever that like Patagonia vest on is on, and I'm like, I don't know. That's this is enough for me to hold me over until November or whenever that comes out. Is just trying to find a copy of whatever that jacket is he's wearing <laughs> that i i agree yeah that, that um, was enough christy you and i are going to be discussing kind of summer movies in this weird in-between week uh, as we get ready to kick off one of the busiest times of years for the movies but we do have a bit of movie news to address um i don't know that we need to get too deep into the weeds i would suggest anyone that is wanting a more in-depth exploration about what's going on to uh read some of the stuff that matt bellany over at puck has been writing but um christy we're in the middle of a writer's strike um (laughs) which is kind of a pretty seismic thing in hollywood um this is i believe the first time that there's been one since 2007 2008 that one lasted several months and had massive reverberations throughout the industry um essentially to give our listeners kind of an idea on kind of what what led to this in in sort of simple terms as sort of where we are as you and i are recording is this is essentially this kind of like push and pull between the writers guild union and a lot of the major studios um essentially there's a bunch of different things that are kind of going back and forth on but a lot of it has to do with residuals and streaming and the way that streaming has sort of disrupted the way that a lot of writers in specifically the television industry more so than the movie industry but i I, you know the way that movies have sort of bled into streaming i think um make makes it you know makes it another arm that can be sort of attached but um you know back in say like i was explaining to someone earlier today like if you wrote on Friends, say, in the 1990s, you know, you would not only get a check for whatever episodes you wrote on, but then anytime Friends would re-air somewhere, you would get money for that. And TV shows now run much shorter seasons. There aren't as many episodes. And on streaming, you don't really get that chance to sort of recuperate as many residuals and so a lot of this is coming down to kind of like this this ongoing argument over the economics of streaming we've talked Mm -hmm. about on the show before about how like companies like netflix the reason some netflix projects have to become more expensive is because they have to pay more people up front because you're not getting points on the movie 
on when it's making money at the box office it's just sort of existing and this sort of being this whole industry issue that sort of sprung up out of uh us not really knowing how to quantify how something is successful on streaming and not really sure how to pay people and compensate people for the work they put out on streaming platforms. It's kind of a big, giant mess, and the studios sort of, um, from their position, don't really want to cave into paying people more money because they're coming out of this very economically challenging last couple of years due to the pandemic. Companies like discover or discovery which now owns warner media or you know they're trying to s- sort of cut costs across the board companies like disney were sort of overspending on all these you know massive streaming projects um and that that puts us in this weird sort of unknown gray area where i i i don't know how long this is going to go on for as of the moment you and i are recording the immediate effects of this are a lot of the daytime shows and late night programming so your sort of jimmy fallon shows your saturday night live those are not going to be airing i presume they're going to be doing reruns um as well as sort of daytime soap operas and stuff like that probably will cease um production but as far as sort of what this means for ongoing movie and tv projects that are in the works i guess it means that anything that has completed scripts, I believe I, I read before we hopped on here, like um, House of the Dragon will get to resume production because all of their scripts are done for the next season. But if a show or a movie does not have its script complete, they either have to um, start shooting with that unfinished script, which if we go back to some of the movies that came out during the 2007-2008 uh, writer's strike... I'm thinking specifically of stuff like Transformers Revenge of the Fallen or the the James Bond movie Quantum of Solace that um, are kind of incomprehensible messes. And I think everyone who's worked on those movies has talked about how those had really hastily or like half finished scripts that they had to work with because of the writer's strike then. Um, Or it could mean that, you know, if this drags on several months, that shows that might come back in the fall might not come back at all or might come back with fewer episodes um, and networks are sort of reaching out for unscripted content to sort of fill hours on TV. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add other than the giant word salad that I just explained, but pretty major news that happened this week that I I, I was not expecting us to talk about on this show, but uh, I feel like is um, important to mention as we transition to something hopefully a little bit lighter. Yeah, um no, it was a great giant word salad though. You you nailed a lot of the uh the good points. Um I don't particularly have any like important croutons to add to the mix, but I mean it's just it's insane. I, I remember the last one. I remember a lot of shows I was watching uh either getting very shortened seasons or um being pushed for a while. So it definitely has a lot of reverberations. And I mean, I think this just is showing again how important writers are and how, you know, these things need to be figured out. Um, I think the statistic is like 50% less, like on average showrunners for streaming series get like less than half of what broadcast series do. And I think it kind of comes back to what you were mentioning a little bit as well. But I mean, I think it's just about the climate that we're in. Streaming is everything now. And we just have to make that pivot and um, find ways to ensure that our writers are being, you know, 
adequately paid. And if this is what needs to happen to do that, then, you know, um, I'm for it. Just hopefully, please, uh, it'll, you know, be quick to resolve itself and um, we'll, people will be able to find, um, you know, negotiations and things are resolved faster than before because it also, it puts a lot of other people uh, out of work in the meantime. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's big news for sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's transition to something a little bit lighter. Um, we're going to kind of give a preview of the summer movie season. I kind of broke this. I sent you a bunch of titles, but I've kind of paired these into sort of categories that we can sort of talk about them in conversation mm -hmm. with each other. Uh, the first two that I want to bring up are kind of the two big comic book movies of the summer, which I would say are Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which uh, comes out here in a few days, as well as the Flash movie. I have seen uh, the new Guardians movie. Um, I will sort of keep keep my specific thoughts on it kind of at, at a minimum. Um, I think we'll do a much longer episode on on that kind of diving deep into it next week. Um, but I think these are two really important blockbusters on the calendar because we're sort of in this bizarre place where people are kind of wondering, are we, are we outside of the, the zone where comic book movies are sort of the dominant movie franchise at the box office, you know, earlier this year, Ant-Man and the Wasp had a big opening weekend and then really, really dropped off its second weekend and was like pretty low performing for a Marvel movie. The Shazam sequel was pretty much a total bomb at the box office. Even we can kind of go back last year, the Black Adam movie kind of underperforming no matter what The Rock said on Twitter at, at the box office. So I think everyone's kind of, I think, trying to sharpen up their takes of like is is the, have we reached that point where like after 10 15 years we've kind of not that there's never going to be comic book movies again that's absurd like they'll continue to ha exist just like westerns or um musicals will consider continue to exist and continue getting made but maybe we won't have as many of them coming out at at one time and I'm curious kind of what your anticipation is for these two movies, what you're sort of gauging is kind of the the temperature amongst sort of the general public about these movies. Like, are people excited for them? How are you feeling? Do you feel like, oh, we're maybe kind of hitting the end of this trend? I think we've definitely hit a comic book fatigue. Um, I, I think that's, <laughs> you know, you can't really deny that. Um and I think, unfortunately, you know, it's interesting because both of the both of these ones MCU, ones DC. So it's funny that they're kind of both coming out. I, I think that, unfortunately, the MCU um, has really just kind of <laughs> went downhill uh, with content, and I think that that's added to it. Um, I think that we it it was so good when it was good, and and then it made it so that when that phase dropped, and you know, all the characters that we're used to. Um, were either, you know, gone or some of them were still around, maybe some died. If you still haven't seen them, I won't spoil things, but, um, it, you know, it transitioned and it, it wasn't as gripping as it had been. I'm actually really excited about guardians. Um, primarily because I do think that if there is going to be a Marvel movie or show that I 
you know, out of the last so many that I've seen that will actually kind of, um, recapture some of the magic that, that it has. It would be that one mostly because I do think, um, James Gunn does a great job of, you know, having his own kind of vibe within those movies. Um, and also the story can often exist outside of the normal phase activity. So like it's the characters we know, uh, we know the kind of rapport and this is supposed to be the last one. So it obviously has a lot more emotional weight. Um, so I, I do, I am looking forward to it. I do think that this one has the opportunity to, and I know you've seen it, but has the opportunity to actually um, satisfy fans, which could help in, as far as this fatigue goes. Um, I think, I mean, the flash, I, I, I'm not particularly excited about. You want to get into the Ezra Miller conversation? We don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, Without me saying, but, um, yeah, I, but also I just, even before the Ezra Miller conversation, I, I never was really too excited about the flash. Like I, I never, even before a lot of things came out and, and, you know, things happened with him, I, I was never that excited about, um, that character on screen and, and what was it originally in, uh, Batman versus Superman? that um, or justice league yeah one, one, one of, of those kind of dreary Zack Snyder <laughs> dc movies yes so i mean as much as the character itself in the comic i liked uh, i haven't been particularly uh you know excited about the the adaptations of that um so yeah that one's kind of like eh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think the 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 two I think key ingredients that could help both of these movies. The one sort of thing I'll say about the Guardians movie is you are right that there is a sense of finality to this movie. Um, I, I think other, you know, some of these characters will more than likely appear in other Marvel movies in, in the future. But but this movie really is built like, you know, it feels like the end of James Gunn's um time with these characters and sort of what he had to say with them and sort of play around with in this universe. It, it, it feels like an, an end point to kind of those three movies that he has done. And so maybe even though there is sort of uh, this kind of meh attitude towards a lot of the Marvel stuff now <laughs> with people kind of being disappointed by phase four and kind of not that, I mean, sort of like a little tired i think going into phase five um maybe the one thing this movie could have going for it is is the idea of like oh well th this is the last one of of this crew and so i need to see it to sort of see the end of this story um and the one thing that maybe the flash movie does have going for it um i'm i'm curious as to how much you this isn't really my point but i'm curious as to how much you buy into the the hype around this movie that that this movie has been generating a lot of hype from inside Warner Brothers. I've been hearing about sort of test screenings for this movie for months and months. It obviously screened at um, CinemaCon in Las Vegas, which is sort of the big movie theater convention. And there are a lot of very buzzy reactions coming out of there. Um, Tom Cruise allegedly saw it and said it is the movie we need right now. Um, there is something to me that feels like a little <laughs> artificially constructed about the hype for this movie, but I, I, it, but it, it exists out there nonetheless of, a, I can certainly tell that this is a very important movie to Warner brothers and they are 
very heavily like beating their chest and and i think trying to make this the movie of the summer um Mm. i guess we'll just have to wait and see but i think the secret ingredient this movie might have is the batman it's it's also a batman (laughs) movie like i i I forget i i guess ben affleck's batman is is in it but like michael keaton's batman is like all over this movie there's like supergirl is going to be in it so i it is being sold in all the advertisements i keep seeing on television or online or, or just sort of on posters around town like it is being sold just as much as a batman movie as it is a flash movie which may be Maybe that's like a safer choice to bring in some audience members since the Flash maybe isn't as tested of a like solo character and mm. considering like Ezra Miller, you know, hasn't been all controversy aside, even as a movie star has not been sort of the center of a a big movie like this. And so maybe I don't know, maybe the Batman element is is what brings people into the theater I'm, what right do you think oh no I'm, I'm looking forward to the warner brothers batman movie with the cameo by the flash yes <laughs> <laughs> no um i think that that definitely has a draw and yeah that, that's some strange uh maybe <laughs> planned um descriptions about this movie which is kind of funny that tom cruise this is the movie we need right now but by the way i have a blockbuster coming out myself you know, like, yes yes <laughs> um but yeah i I think that that is, I mean, I remember when the trailer came out, um, the first one and it was, it had the Batmans. Um, you know, I remember I, I, a friend was like, you have to see this trailer right now. And, um, I think like, I just, you know, I wonder if how much that is actually part of the movie, how much that's actually like the general Zod being back to is great. Michael Shan's always wonderful, but like, is it the, is that gimmick? Is it a gimmick type of thing? Or is it really going to make, a really um compelling narrative Mm -hmm. or is it just about like hey look these people are going to be in it but there's not going to be much substance to their being there to them being there you know like i I don't know i don't know the script i don't know yeah where it's gonna go but i'm gonna see it yeah i'll I'll, I'll see it Um, Um, i like like, love michael keaton's batman so i i love michael keaton yeah you know (laughs) um the next two that i wanted to mention kind of speaking of tom cruise um are two big franchise action movies coming out this summer with um you know let's let's be up front older older gentlemen in in (laughs) at the center of them older movie stars um one of them might not look like he's in his 60s but he's certainly in his 60s um talking of course about uh, I hope I'm going to get the title for this right, even though it's probably the movie I'm most looking forward to this summer. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Basically, Mission Impossible 7. And then Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is the fifth and presumably final, final. Uh, <laughs> outing of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Um, I I'm curious what the reaction to these is going to be i think speaking of movie hype i you know there was um i don't know if you saw there was a study that came out like a week or so ago that was basically asking people like which movie stars would you go to the would you like pay a ticket to go to see in the movies just because they're in it and tom cruise was still number one on that list of, of that study and i can certainly feel kind of in the culture look i i love the mission impossible movies i think i've been um 
upfront on this podcast show about how it is my personal favorite movie franchise. Um, I thought the sixth one that came out a few years ago was one of the best action movies I'd ever seen. Um, I'm really, really, really excited for the seventh one. I think there's a lot of goodwill going into this one. I would not be surprised. These movies have always done well, but I would not be surprised if this one does extremely well, kind of coming off the back of Top Gun last year and the sort of renewed interest in Tom Cruise as sort of a big action leading man again, um, outside of of the franchise that he is in. Indiana Jones to me is is a more curious title. I a movie that like look, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I even really like The Last Crusade. Um, Temple of Doom, I think, is fine. Um, I'm sure this movie will be a big hit, you know, but the last time we had an Indiana Jones movie back in 2008, um, it was wow. a, it was one of the biggest movies of the year, but I think a movie that its reputation is not very strong, and I think people kind of feel like, eh, we, we really did not need to go back for a, a fourth one. And I feel like if this movie works, um, it's notable it's the first one that does not have Spielberg or George Lucas involved in it. Um, it is being directed and I believe written by James Mangold, who's pretty solid, like studio hand filmmaker did Ford versus Ferrari, walk the line, did a couple of the Hugh Jackman Wolverine movies. Um, you know, so he's, he's a solid, sturdy filmmaker. Um, I think if this movie really works, we could be having like, it's, it's the summer of indie and it's kind of the thing of like what happened last year with Top Gun of, you know, people are rewatching the old ones and it's, parents sharing their love with their kids and introducing their kids to this franchise. And, um, but I, I don't know the sense I'm getting kind of through just general people I talk to is like, I don't know. I really kind of did not need like Harrison Ford to come back and do another one of these, like all the marketing that it's like the final send off be like, I, we sent him off decades ago. I was not like, aching for Harrison Ford to come back and like put on the hat again. I, I do not feel like I had like unanswered questions and stuff like that. But how are, how are you feeling about these two uh, old men action movies? Essentially. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack there. Um, old man action movies. I like that. Yeah. You know, first of all, I'm just kind of blown away and a little disturbed that you just reminded me that Crystal Skull was 2008 and that was 15 years ago. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like going in and like crawling into a, a hole. <laughs> that was like forever ago. I feel like that just happened. I feel like he just got um, blown, <laughs> hides in a fridge and gets you know um, blown away in a nuclear <laughs> testing. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so I mean, I don't want to say fully that I'm one of those people who's like I didn't need him to put the hat back on, but I'm like. Uh, kind of because i mean it I, is kind of hard to re to to re i'm sure i will i'm saying that while also like i'm sure in that theater we'll get goosebumps when harrison ford like puts that hat on again of just like oh. it's just one of those like movie magic things of like yeah. anyone else is gonna look freaking stupid in that hat but when harrison ford puts it on it's it's like you know you're seeing the the sphinx in in egypt or like one of the seven wonders of the world or something <laughs> 
Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, like I even, I saw that, um, a trailer was released and I was like, Ugh, you know, and then I put it on and the music like literally does give me goosebumps. So, I mean, there is like a thing, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Um, I, I wonder, I mean, I'm sure it's really going to be the final one with him. I hope that it actually is the final one because you know how things just keep getting dug up like so many years later, but, um, it's interesting that Mangold's doing it. I do think he's a very sturdy director, as you chose to <laughs> say. Um, and I, I loved Logan. So I, I do think um, there could be something really interesting here. And, you know, there's the Phoebe Waller-Bridge edition is pretty awesome. Um, I think Mads Mikkelsen is like the villain. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to see it. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to hope it's good. I always want things like this to be amazing and like, not, you know, knock my socks off. I'm not going to say that I believe it will, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, and I, I can cut this bit out, but um, have you heard the rumors about what this this Indiana Jones movie is about? No. <laughs> do you, do you want me to share them? It's not like plot spoilers thing. Yes. But um so I will I will put a uh, funny music over this cuz uh I don't know how public this is. Oh jeez. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully there's not like younger versions of too many characters and they look really Weird. I mean, there was that thing, even I think it's in a bit of the trailer of like the first, what, like 20, 30 minutes of this movie is Harrison Ford de-aged as yeah. Indiana Jones, um, which, you know, I can't say because it's like three frames in a trailer, but looks pretty good. <laughs> kind of crazy looking. It's like it looks like 40 year old Harrison Ford. So I don't know. Maybe it'll oh, work. Maybe it'll work. Um and to, to go into the, you know, Tom Cruise, um, I think that there's definitely, I, I mean, I feel like Tom Cruise has just been beloved and like, you know, everyone's like favorite action star for a while. Sorry, The Rock. I know that you had that for like a minute. Um, <laughs> but I think that after Top Gun, especially, it's it's almost like a reminder that, you know, high quality, high production action films can be kind of... Uh, appreciated even even by you know snooty academy <laughs> mm -hmm. not not saying you guys are snooty just saying um but uh it's it's also um you know i think the mission impossible is one of those franchises that's just continuously you know put out fantastic work so it's i think that's definitely a highlight of the the summer um and I think uh, I don't even consider him an old man. Like I don't know what Tom Cruise is, but <laughs> an alien. <laughs> he very well might be. Um, I don't know that there's something like he won't do, and if he hasn't done it, he will do it. So, um, or hasn't done rather. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I, I mean, they're both kind of excited. I honestly, when I you sent me a list of movies, but then I found like. 20 more this summer is pretty stacked it is it is kind of stacked i tried to like keep it to like the <laughs> the, the bare bones so like and so people don't have to like they they can wait a couple weeks to hear me talk about like a new paul schrader movie or something right. like that but you know kind of give the, the people the content they want but yeah with, with you bringing up like the awesome practical stunts of the mission impossible movies that is the one thing i'm kind of worried about with the indiana jones movies of like mm. look Harrison Ford, 
I'm just going to say it. Harrison Ford can't be doing the same stunts that Harrison Ford was doing back during Raiders of the Lost Ark. We can't right. drag Harrison Ford behind a truck anymore. He's also so, 80, right? Like he's right. <laughs> Homeboy's old is what is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. And so like, unless I'm just sort of expecting that, like, there's going to be a lot of I've I've heard this is one of the more expensive movies coming out this year, um, along with another one that's coming out this summer that we'll get to later. But I it, part of the fun of those 80s Indiana Jones movies to me is is it is like Harrison Ford doing a lot of those practical stunts. Um, which is sort of the thrill of Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies. And um, no offense to Harrison Ford, who seems to be in danger all the time with all those plane accidents or like Star Wars doors closing on his body and stuff like that. <laughs> like he's been through the ringer, but like I, I I, can't imagine in this trailer when I see him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge like jumping out of an airplane. It's it's not them actually jumping out of an airplane. So I, it, it is funny of like, two big summer action movies were one I'm sort of expecting to be kind of very an, an old practical effects franchise. That's now going to be very digitized. And yeah. then this other franchise that's still kind of old school practical stunts. Yeah. Tom Cruise may be his stunt double for all we know in, yes. in Indiana, <laughs> he might be jumping out of the plane. He's like, Oh, you need so much. Yes. I'm over here. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to animated movies. Um, this is, I think, another interesting category because, um, Christy, are you aware that the Super Mario's Bro is like one of the, the like highest grossing animated movies of all time? I didn't, but I'm not. I'm not entirely shocked. I guess I don't know. I know that it's. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, the the explanation I've kind of heard from people is that like there's just no family movies out. Like if. If you are like my my nephews don't really go to the movies, but if you're like my my brother and his family who, you know, they, if they're going out to the movies, they don't have any other options other than the Super Mario Bros. movie. And there hasn't really been any other options since like Christmas when Puss in Boots came out. And so I've heard from a lot of people like that's the reason this movie is making so much money on top of like Mario is this big you know, globally recognized IP, but like, this is the only option for like a family movie. So I think it's interesting us knowing that. And then looking at these two big animated movies coming out this summer, there's the Spider-Man across the spider verse part one, which is the sequel to the Oscar winning, excellent animated Spider-Man movie from a few years back. Um, and then there's Pixar's elemental. Um, I really don't have anything kind of like, hot takey to say about the spider-man movie like i'm really excited for it i love the first one um this new one looks great i think this series has become a sort of groundbreaking benchmark in animation um and it's spider-man so i'm sure it'll make like an insane amount of money elemental to me is the more interesting one of the two in terms of like what will the reaction be because Disney has kind of shot themselves in the foot in the last couple of years with putting a lot of their animated movies straight on Disney plus. Mm -hmm. And then last year had two of the biggest bombs of the year in strange world and light year. And I think a lot, you know, I've, I've heard of a lot of varying opinions about why those movies didn't work. But the one that I've heard the most is just that I, I kind of agree with is just, 
people kind of just thought that was just going to Disney Plus. Like Disney had conditioned families into just sort of like a new animated movie, a new Pixar movie is just going to end up on the streaming service. And then these two movies that they tried to have a theatrically exclusive window for and ended up backfiring on them because the market just sort of thought, all right, well, this is just going to be on Disney Plus either the same weekend or in like two weeks or something like that. Why do I need to go to the theater? Um, and look, if that could happen to a Buzz Lightyear movie, which is, you know, a recognizable property, I don't know. I'm curious what, what will happen with Elemental, which, um, if you think about that awesome letterbox review that just goes through every single, I forget which Pixar movie it's for, but it's basically like, pick, runs through every movie's like, Toy Story, what if toys had feelings? Finding Nemo, what if fish had feelings? What if monsters had feelings? And then it gets down to like Inside Out. What if feelings had feelings? And this one is basically just, I don't know, what if what if the elements had feelings? Like fire and water and wind. What if what if they could feel things and fall in love with each other? Um I think if it winds up being like a Pixar, a new Pixar classic, and there's strong word of mouth for it, maybe it does well, but I don't know. I feel like if it's maybe kind of like middling reaction to I, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like that one in particular is going to really need strong reviews to sort of get people out to see it um, and strong word of mouth. Otherwise, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whether Disney can condition people to go back into the theaters to see their animated movies again. Yeah. Um, quick shout out to Puss in Boots, too. I had a lot of fun with is that it last. good? I've had so many people tell me it's good. And I'm like so against the Shrek universe that I like did not did not go see it. Yeah, I, I actually caught it um, on streaming. And yeah, I thought it was delightful and quite funny, actually. Um, okay. Made okay. me laugh quite a few times. But anyway, um, yeah, I and I, I totally agree with you 100% on Spider-Man. And I'm sure that that's going to have absolutely no problem um, doing very, very well. And continuously being, you know, just a huge... Um, you know, some something to look at for just the amazing quality of animation that that has and mm-hmm. continues to to have. But Elemental, you know, it's interesting. Um, yes, like it, definitely those two movies that you mentioned with Disney, um, they kind of bombed. I do think things are different now than they were even a year ago. Uh, I also think that Disney's already kind of doing that conditioning, considering like Ant Man, um, and obviously it's Marvel, but it's Disney didn't drop. Uh, mm at the same time on streaming when it became digital and it's almost like i know that's not quite the same thing but i feel like they're even trying to make you realize like hey you might have to wait even longer and even longer and even longer Mm -hmm. um and i think that i think that the reviews i think you're right i think things like word of mouth will definitely make a difference i do think it's gonna be at tribeca before its actual theatrical release is i think i remember that uh which is interesting because i don't remember the last time i saw a pixar movie um, I like Tribeca unless I imagine this and this is all a fever dream. Um, but I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Yeah, yes, I know it they've is. had movies like I think I remember Inside Out like premiered at Cannes. And, and yep. it, so like they've they've premiered some of their original movies at big film festivals before. I think didn't Soul premiere at TIFF online or maybe it was the British the London Film Festival or something. I, I want to say that yeah, one. Also I think Soul had... did. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, and this is going to be a trigger backup. But um, okay. I think that that is also a smart thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that can really benefit the movie if, if when they do that. But, um, you know, obviously a lot of their movies are like, what if something had feelings? <laughs> the joke that you made. Um, 
But I, I mean, I, I think from the trailer, I'm definitely intrigued and curious. And of course it looks beautiful. And uh, I think if, uh, you know, they just have to find, they have to find that sweet spot with their storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, um, this could be obviously comparable to like an inside out, I think, especially in, I think that that's one of those movies that appeals to such wide audiences. And I think that in a lot of way, that's when Pixar really soars is that is when it um, kind of hits that, that point where it's great for a child to watch, but also adults to really dive into and um, analyze probably longer than we need to. So (laughs) I, I mean, I think that, I think that it will be better theatrically than those movies last year. And I think, which is surprising because, um, you know, like a light year, you think there's a lot of already like built in fan base and stuff, which I did I also not think ver- that I was just like a movie, movie people were like confused about. Like <laughs> Disney's whole weird, like it's Buzz Lightyear, but it's not the Buzz Lightyear, you know, it's the Buzz Lightyear that was Buzz Lightyear was based off of. He's Buzz Lightyear, the real man, but he's fictional. But we can keep saying Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> right. You'll just forget about the rest. <laughs> and Chris, then Chris Evans being like, it's based off the true story of the incredible inspired by the imagination of Pixar. <laughs> and everyone was just like, what in the world is this movie about? The true story um, that's based on a fake story that was then made. <laughs> right. <laughs> From the universe that inspired the imagination of Andy, like oh my god, this is making me confused. Like I <laughs> yes. forget what it's about now. I, I feel actually, like- when it when it's explained in the movie, it's like so simple, like what the <laughs> the high concept is that I'm like a little worried. Everyone involved in that marketing team should just be, you know, I don't want to wish people get fired, but like. <laughs> you know should maybe do some community service or something because you guys really like blew what was probably a pretty easy sell um, probably yeah uh let's let's switch gears um two movies that on paper don't seem to have a whole lot in common with each other but i think are are also um part of this interesting conversation we're having about like what's going to do well this summer are asteroid city and no hard feelings which are um both in sort of sub-genres or, or categories of movies that in the last couple of years have really struggled at the box office. Um, Asteroid City is our kind of art house movie of the summer. It's Wes Anderson's new movie. Um, I do not have time to get through everyone in this cast, but let's just say everyone in Hollywood is in the news Wes Anderson movie. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it looks like it is kind of like set out West and has a little bit of kind of like close encounters feel to it. Um, No Hard Feelings is the raunchy R-rated comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence, where uh, I believe she is paid by a wealthy family to date their socially awkward son. Um, You know, the kind of R-rated comedy, I think you and I growing up, it was a staple of summer movie season, just like, you you would just one of the things you just go see with your friends was like a big movie star driven comedy with a massive crowd of people, everyone laughing hysterically, whether it was Step Brothers or Bridesmaids or The Hangover. This feels like a kind of bid to have that kind of movie, but R-rated comedies have not really done that well in the last yeah. couple of years. And so I, I think it'll be interesting with a big star like Jennifer Lawrence, like can they make this work um and and is is the the big r-rated comedy truly dead at the theaters um asteroid city i i think will be 
an interesting bid into is there still life for the sort of specialty art house audience? I think there was a lot of hysteria and kind of hand wringing about no one going to see a lot of the art house movies from last fall. I do think it's worth noting that Wes Anderson's last movie, um, French Dispatch, actually did pretty well, kind of even though it kind of came in sort of near the end of the pandemic. Um, and that was kind of one of the few art house titles that still made like a pretty decent chunk of change. Um, and Wes Anderson has, you know, love him or hate him. I feel like he's, as his style has become more extreme and more pronounced, um, I think he's become a much more divisive filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited for this movie, but I, I feel like his style being so clear as it is, I feel like people know what to expect with one of his movies. And so I feel like, even though I probably could not tell you from the trailer what this movie is necessarily about, I think most people out there who see it know what they're getting with the Wes Anderson movie. And he has like a built-in audience that is just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I know what to expect, even though I, you know, don't know everyone that's in this or um you know what the specifics of the plot are exactly yeah i mean it's one of my definitely most anticipated um and i i have quite a few i mean we've talked you know mission impossible is another one um wildly different but uh i i love you know i love his movies even though i was actually a little disappointed with french dispatch i'm not gonna say this. I, I think i heard so many people say they were disappointed that by the time i saw it i was like Oh, this is actually pretty fun, and I kind of <laughs> liked it. Um, but maybe, maybe that one for me is like Isle of Dogs is the example of one where I I went and saw it and and admired a lot of the craft in it, but just like did not connect to it emotionally. At I all. really loved that one a second time, and then I also discovered that Isle of Dogs is like I love dogs. Uh huh. <laughs> and I <laughs> and that was like this mind blowing moment for me. But um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, he always has a stack cast. I mean, he just like everybody wants to work with him, and he also always has so many characters, mm -hmm. so many like intersecting storylines. This one seems really interesting to me, though. Like I know the plot is kind of hard to <laughs> completely understand, but it does scream a little bit of like what you said, uh, Close Encounters. It does feel like aliens. It does yeah. seem like it's one place. It's I don't know. I think this is going to be really cool. I'm really pumped about it. I'm um, curious what Tom Hanks in a Wes Anderson movie <laughs> is going to be like. Like among his normal crew of people, there are people like Scarlett Johansson and Margot Robbie and Tom Hanks that he's like not worked with before. That I'm, I'm just. I mean, Scarlett Johansson kind of makes sense for his role, yeah. but someone like Tom Hanks that's that's such a different inner a much looser energy that i'm used to seeing in his movies and i'm kind of excited to see that oh for sure like i i am really excited to see how that collaboration is and then who knows i'm sure he's just going to be including them in the next round mm -hmm. <laughs> he just likes to bring people in um as far as no hard feelings you know they're you know when yes growing up that that was a thing and this movie in a lot of ways reminds me of those r-rated sex comedies of when i was younger and it also mm -hmm. reminds me i don't need them uh, <laughs> um you if don't carry the same like nostalgia <laughs> oh for, i do have <laughs> nostalgia but i also know that i'm just like any ones that i have seen mm -hmm. um and any like recent history are just not good mm -hmm. and i don't know i get a like jennifer lawrence is terrific at comedy and i'm curious to see how she does in this but the trailer just seemed cringy <laughs> yeah and I, I did not like the trailer and i was like oh no this is my karma for 
you know, <laughs> years and years of saying Jennifer Lawrence is so funny and charming on like the on the like press circuit when she's promoting stuff. That woman just needs to be in comedies. Yeah, and, she has a natural I, comedy. Right. Like she's very yeah. And now I've got one, and it, it <laughs> as you said, it's like. Yeah. All right, we'll see how this works out. Yeah, so that's my only my thing with that um, is like, did this need to happen? But I will real quick say that we also have Strays coming out, which is a rated R oh, comedy. <laughs> that that is, I saw the trailer for that. I forget in front of what, and I was like, is this a a joke? Like that that looks like one of those like fake movies that would be in like Tropic Thunder or something like that. <laughs> which I want to see all of those movies too, but it, yes. the fake ones in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> But um, but yeah, that's another rated R comedy this summer, which has a big cast as well, um, like Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, uh, Isla Fisher, Will Forte, Randall Park, that sort of thing. So we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see how that goes. But just wanted to throw in another one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for anyone who doesn't know the one where uh, a bunch of big comedians play talking dogs. And it look, kind of looks like a one joke <laughs> movie of just like, what if your dog just said the word? all the time wouldn't that be funny <laughs> like, and wanted to like kill you or something right, right. It's like yeah. that's it okay cool yeah um, on a former um, owner yeah i wants to yeah. get revenge <laughs> um the next uh kind of pairing to bring up with is um the july 21st pairing <laughs> i think everyone is circling on the calendar that's going to be the big movie day of the summer where you can you can have your double feature of the bright candy colored world of Greta Gerwig's Barbie, and then the the somber desert landscape of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. You can you can think about you can watch both a delirious comedy about gender roles and commercialism, maybe, <laughs> and then and having excellent hair, and then you can. Just watch on IMAX as we ponder how we are ultimately, I don't know, the, responsible the maker, for the our, makers own destruction. Of our own destruction <laughs> and Armageddon in the world. <laughs> Which who knows? Maybe that's what Barbie's about too. You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Wouldn't it be incredible if like Barbie's actually like this very heavy issues movie and then we get out of Oppenheimer and like that was kind of a hoot. Christopher <laughs> Nolan secret, secretly made a comedy masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. Tell, that, tell me how you're feeling about both of it, because I, I have to imagine, like me, you're you're eagerly anticipating both of of these movies, and and I'm curious, which one are you going to see first? What what what's your your order for your Barbie Oppenheimer double feature? Is it like you need a little amouge bouche of Barbie, and then diving into the the like thick steak of Oppenheimer, or or is it like I need to have the the full three hour meal? And then I'll I'll wind down the evening after thinking about you know apocalyptic destruction with uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling shrieking like a little girl. On ro- yeah, riding around on rollerblades. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I was actually just thinking about that. What would be like the way to do it? I think a moosh boosh. You know, it's tough okay. though. Um, I j- I just feel like when you settle in for a three hour movie. I mean, it might be nice to get that lift after, but you mm. also might just be like ready. You just might be ready. You, know? <laughs> like, you might be like, I need to take a walk or something. Yes, like exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. But that like Barbie might loosen you up a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, might, might. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually, you know, I can't, I, I'm, I'm curious about both of these in, in different mm-hmm. ways. And, you know, I'm, I, I obviously love Christopher Nolan. I actually just saw him randomly at the airport like 
last month, by the way. What is he? What is he like in public? <laughs> I didn't talk to him. He was just standing there. He was. No what? one even noticed him. Like nobody knew who he was. But like, what was he doing? Was he like chowing down on a Cliff Bar or something? Oh no, was he, he was just. He was coffee? just waiting. He had nothing going on at all. He actually in the same kind of clothes you always see him in. He was not. He was just pointed right like just waiting for his plane and nobody noticed it was Christopher Nolan. I feel like I was the only one. I felt like I was crazy. I'm like, Oh my God. You know, um, of course I didn't say anything or, you know, scream from the rafters or anything, but like, you know, I feel like that's because a lot of people don't know what their favorite director might look yeah. like or something. He, but. he wasn't like reading a book and you're like, Oh, I wonder what kind of like intellectually deep stuff Christopher Nolan's chowing down on. And it's like, Oh, it's a James Patterson book or something. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a little antidote like that, but no. Um, oh. But you know, he also was first class and got on the plane a lot earlier than me. So who knows? Maybe there was some really interesting things to discover, but yes. I, I didn't, um, you know, but still it was cool to be like, oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't actually say hey, but in my head, I said hey. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've th- been like following my, my favorite <laughs> film of yours. You, you, gotta, you, you always got to have the one in your like back pocket that like the celebrity is going to be like, Oh, you know what? No single person has ever said that to me. Um, it's true. I've actually probably done that before, but I, I didn't really have an opportunity with him. It was almost like seconds later he was gone. Um, it was like Batman. Uh, uh, but uh, yes, I had to giggle at my own really lame joke. But I, uh, I'm not as excited for this as I have been with some of his films. I'm mm-hmm. really curious more than I am excited Barbie, I've actually uh, garnered more and more excitement for as time's gone on. Like at first, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, whatever," <laughs> you know, a Barbie movie. But then, like, I don't know, the trailer, uh, you know, made me laugh, made me a little bit like interested to see where it's going to go. Um, and you know, obviously, she's got a great cast and she knows humor. So, if done well, you know, I think this could be really fun. So, what what would you do? Would you? switch it would you watch that last i am thankful that i hopefully don't have to make this decision for myself because i will probably just go to the press screenings for both of these <laughs> so i don't have to live with this existential crisis that the, right the, the comment that the rest of the movie going uh world has to do um <laughs> yeah i don't i have no idea what i would do um i i'm i'm excited for barbie as well i i think on paper that's the m- most sort of insufferable kind of movie to me which is just sort of like what's a brand can we just make a movie around that and it seems like you know i think greta gerwig is one of the more exciting filmmakers to kind of pop off in recent years i loved lady bird i loved her adaptation of little women it by all accounts seems like she took this sort of like what on paper as i said would be this kind of cynical just like brand assignment by a major studio and like got to make a potentially sort of subversive, interesting movie inside of it. Um, at, you know, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling look like they're having fun. It's got a whole bunch of other people that's have seemed to ha- be having a ball. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, you know, I, am I expecting it to be like, you know, the seventh seal no like there are some people on, on oh twitter man that i wish I'm it seeing, was like the seventh <laughs> there are there are see, some people on twitter that i'm seeing are they're like this is going to be the movie of a generation i'm like we, we need to we need to sit down but yeah i'm i'm excited for if it's just this like fun raucous comedy that hopefully has some kind of like subversive ideas 
in it and this really interesting filmmaker. I mean, she she wrote it with Noah Baumbach. It like it's it's got to be like pretty funny and pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and Oppenheimer, I don't always gel with Christopher Nolan. Like I was not a big fan of Tenet. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of him kind of constrained by history, like Dunkirk is maybe my favorite movie of his. And so the idea of him maybe a little bit sort of boxed in and kind of having to use his sort of puzzle box brain, but within, um, but letting us think about our history as Americans and, and as, as a species, maybe in the case of this movie, a little bit larger and kind of with his sort of unique organizational brain i think that's interesting you know this seems like another like big swing project for him like it's a giant expensive movie about the atom you know the manhattan project and the building of the atom bomb that has killian murphy or is it killian or cillian I think it's Killian, but then it makes me think, or is it Cillian? And then I I've remember telling it myself ways. it's Killian. Yeah. yeah. It has, you know, Killian Murphy, who I think is a great actor. Most people probably recognize him from Peaky Blinders or playing the Scarecrow in uh, the, the Nolan's Batman movies or, you know, maybe from some of the Danny Boyle stuff like 28 Days Later. He's he's a great actor, but I has never been sort of like a marquee movie star mm-hmm. leading man and so like yeah this feels like a big another big swing project by christopher nolan of like i'm gonna put my friend at the center of this movie someone who i think should be a movie star but maybe hasn't become one mm-hmm. um and it's like barbie got this amazing supporting cast of it seems like every you know it's emily blunt matt damon robert downey jr and florence Pugh, just to name a few like yeah. at, i'm i'm it is probably up there with the Mission Impossible movie, movie as the one I'm most excited for, if only because it seems like, you know, he's made another kind of big swing ambitious movie. Um, and I'm I'm curious to see what that's that's going to turn out like. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, some, I don't know, a very interesting decision to, to take, like to take this project on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah. Um, a couple others that I wanted to mention, I couldn't find a way to kind of, uh, pair these in categories, but, um, you know, I figured they're worth mentioning. Uh, we do have a 10th Fast and Furious movie coming out here in a few weeks. Uh, you were on a podcast episode we did with Emily Wheeler the last time there was a Fast and Furious (laughs) movie. Um, I've maybe come down the bell curve on this series of I'm, I'm a little like, worn out by this point um the second movie i wanted to mention uh that's also coming out at the end of the month is disney's live action little mermaid movie um i think like the fast and furious movie will be a huge hit um these disney live action remakes tend to do very well but i do not understand what other people see in these movies and they just sort of seem like ugly cgi goop versions of like gorgeous animated movies like i i saw the uh, did you see the character posters that came out for these and it's it's the same thing as kind of what baffled me about the lion king of like we made uh sebastian the talking crab and flounder the talking fish but they look like an actual crab and fish now and it's like or isn't aquafina voicing the seagull and it's like 
Wait, so it's just going to be a seagull that just like sounds like Aquafina, but it's like as non-expressive or emotive as just like, uh, like birds are just like creepy, soulless looking creatures. Like that's, <laughs> it seems like we're solving a problem that like no one needed to solve or the like the Jurassic Park line of like, you guys th- thought a little bit too hard about whether or not you could, that you didn't stop to think about whether or not whether you, you should. should yeah. <laughs> so, I think uh, that's definitely true. And it's an interesting decision to make it like, yeah, those character posters did not inspire any kind of uh, confidence in me or I, you know, Flounder just looked really sad and like kind of sickly. You know who else doesn't have feelings and Kurt Cobain taught us this fish. fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Good. yeah um cool. i and i mean look Allie bailey uh who's stepping in for ariel that girl can sing but also this movie's directed by rob marshall who hot rob marshall take coming down i don't think i think has duped all of hollywood into thinking he can make musicals but he can't and <laughs> maybe that's something i can explore on that episode why i feel that way uh, but i just had to get that out there <laughs> yeah i you know i'm not particularly excited about either of these <laughs> like, yeah um, why i kind of didn't throw them in the categories but they're they're two huge movies that i feel like are going to yeah. be you know big. and this isn't even the last fast and furious right this is like the second to last this feels like the third time that they've been like this is part one of the five part end finale of or the something. six and, endings that and we, then we get to whatever they said the ending was and like and now we have another three-part finale where it'll all tie in and <laughs> like fine Vin, whatever yeah just a never-ending story of uh fast of family um yeah so i can't and also i just feel like the trailer for this fast movie uh yeah. is bizarre like I don't know. Jason Momoa is a choice or something like he just does not. He does not mm. feel like the right energy Mm-mm. for these for these movies. Um, no. Like but... I always roll my eyes a little bit, but there's usually a little bit of a smirk when I do with some mm-hmm. of these like, you know, flying out of planes and whatnot. But this trailer right. is just like, uh, yeah, no, no. That series really benefits if you have to find the right balance between it not being too jokey and winky, but also like not taking it too seriously. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like the last couple movies that sort of that, you know, gin to tonic mixture has, it's, has not been sort of prof- properly ratioed and it's either yeah. like tipped too far into taking itself too seriously or tipped too far into just being like an all out joke where like no one, it feels like everyone's kind of just like, ad-libbing as they go yeah no i absolutely agree and as far as you know the disney live actions um you know i have mixed feelings about them like i i did think beauty and the beast um you know had had some and in that one i thought was visually quite stunning and same with cinderella um those two were more um i don't know yeah (laughs) i guess i remember the cinderella one being being pretty solid i i watched the um the Peter Pan one this past weekend, if only mm-hmm. because it was uh, directed by David Lowry that just went up on Disney plus. Um, I can't say I liked it, but um, it at least looks good in the way that some of these movies don't always. I look. actually did enjoy it. Um, okay. Mostly because I, I, I don't know. I actually thought that Jude Law's hook was actually a little, had more depth than I've seen hook really have mm-hmm. in a film. Also, it kind of played into 
um, some of the themes that they've, you know, before have kind of like, is Peter Pan, you know, good and is Hook bad? Is there gray? And um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I liked elements of it and it was definitely gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy that it just got tucked into streaming and I almost feel like it didn't even really get much like, oh, yeah. hey, this is out, <laughs> you know. It yeah, just kind of got thrown if, on. If they just have some market test that's like maybe audience, you know, the the audience for Peter Pan maybe isn't as strong as some of this other stuff, but mm-hmm. or you know, I don't. The, it just sort of reminds me of all that stuff surrounding the the Batgirl movie, and right? Kind of like reading the behind the scenes reports of like, yeah, it was made for streaming, but we didn't want to put it on streaming. But then when we pulled people, they were like, this doesn't really, this feels too small for theaters. Um, I don't, I don't know whether there was something like that of, you know, focus grouping this right, probably movie, movie in kind of a gross way of being like, I don't know, does, does this, does this feel like it needs to be on a big screen or something yeah. like that? Um, I also I had like no like expectations movie, for so. this, and yeah. I, I, I didn't really like think when I first heard of it, I was like, we really need another Peter Pan. So I, then going I into it, I didn't know he was making a Peter Pan movie until like I, I until it like came out, and I was like, oh wait, there's a live action Peter Pan. It's just on Disney. David Lowry made this. Yeah, That's it's pretty interesting. I know, <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. Um, I know that was through your entire list, but if I could just throw out one final, yes, yes, by grouping. all means, wrap us up by uh, rapid firing any any other titles that you you want to bring up. Well, there was one, you know, portion of the hor- uh, world that we didn't talk about, which is horror. And there's yeah. quite a few um, interesting titles. I'm really excited about Insidious, The Red Door, more than okay. I probably should be. I think it's because <laughs> Patrick Wilson's directing it and because it feels like it connects to the first one so much. Um, I did and there not was some... know he was directing it. That, yes. That makes me a little bit more interesting. And ju- it just because I'm always perversely fascinated whenever an actor decides to step into the director's chair. yeah because this is his first and and he obviously has been in you know the movies or at least the first two and they they definitely dropped off in quality mm-hmm. <laughs> as they went um you know but i i think that this could be really interesting i'm also you know i saw a talk to me at um sundance which i really enjoyed or was it south by South by sorry that I really enjoyed that's coming out in June. I would definitely recommend seeing that. Is it as scary as I've heard? Cause everyone I know who saw it at Sundance was like, so it was Sundance. Is... <laughs> Maybe it was, I mean, it could have played South by I know a festival that, that this yeah. year. <laughs> you, you for all I know could have been one of the people that, that told me about it. I just know like everyone I know who like did Sundance stuff this year was like that movie, like really freaked me out and is is probably going to be kind of a, a crossover success when it depending on who was distributing it which i think a20, it will be 24 so yeah like it'll probably they'll they'll know how to market that i think it will be a success and i think it will scare people i'm not the best one to answer that because I, I have a hard time having movies scare me I, I i always want them to but i do think it's d- well done and i really enjoyed it and it definitely is creepy I'm also really excited about Cobweb, which is like a horror thriller with Lizzie Kaplan and also uh, Fear the Night, um, which is another movie. I I think there's like four more like (laughs) related uh, titles. I'm also surprisingly interested. Oh, Sympathy for the Devil is which is not a horror, but I'm really excited for that with Nicolas Cage. Um, Yes. And uh, I feel like there's somebody 
Um, something else. But yeah, there's there's just a lot of mo- like even haunted mansion. I'm actually interested in, which I don't know why. Oh, I just I forgot we're doing that again. <laughs> <sighs> well, it was like when I saw that that was coming, I was like, ugh. But then for some reason, I, I'm slightly intrigued by it. I can't help it. Um, even though like it gets so annoying that we have to keep doing this, you know, that we just have to keep bringing things out and trying again with these IPs, but, oh, the last voyage of the, um, Demeter, is that how you say it? Demeter, the vampire ship movie. Oh, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 That one too. And Gran Turismo and we have a lot of stuff coming out this summer so there's yeah. there's a there's a lot of stuff i'm i'm looking forward to uh paul schrader's latest troll fest um yes the, <laughs> the master gardener uh and me too. um you know the movie that we didn't bring up that maybe is going to be the movie of the summer is a uh, book club two so <laughs> or we, meg we two that. yeah or the oh gosh the meg too oh god um well christy thank you for uh joining us this week uh to kind of give a preview into a lot of the movies that we're going to be discussing throughout the next several months um and we'll we'll bring you back for one of these we'll we'll let you pick one of these out of out of a hat and you can come out of a hat out of the out of the sorting hat yeah out of the sorting hat (laughs) sounds good (laughs) 